The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. As you can already tell by the title, this episode is a different run from our regular routine. We are finally getting to do some of those special episodes that we have been promising for some time now. We are kicking things off with a discussion about the fourth commandment, the seventh day Sabbath. Let us know how you enjoy these styles of episodes. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right. Welcome back to another episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. And as you guys see, we are taking a break from Samuel. This is one of the things that we say we were going to start working on. And, you know, like I said, we're going to stop saying it and actually do it. So, again, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys see from the title. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the Sabbath. We promised this episode way back when we were doing Exodus. So it took us us quite a long time. But, you know, better late than never. And so hopefully you guys will be blessed. Um, One thing I do want to say right out the gate is... The views of a breath of fresh air rep- re- reflects the parties involved. And we <laughs> encourage you to use it as a conversational tool to, to further studies of your own. And a lot of people forward that from the beginning, but we just say it again here. Because again, this is the purpose of this podcast. Um, me and Nakaz, we studied diligently um, as best as we could try to be. Well, not try to be, but hopefully we are inspired by the Holy Spirit. We, we you know, we... We take pride in what we do and we try to make sure that we do our research, especially in topics like this, to make sure we're not leading anyone astray because we understand the calling of it, even though it just really just started from us you know, doing Bible studies and saying, you know, we should start recording these and actually getting into it. But we do take it seriously. And so, yeah, I just want to say that up front, um, I know by the time this is recorded, Things might already be different, but prayers to all those affected by whatever is happening in Europe with the war. Um, when we, the week we recorded this is when things first started. So mm-hmm. just prayers for those people. Um, war is tough, man. I know a lot of people probably make light of it when you don't have to experience it, but those things are pretty tough. And just prayers out to everyone affected, families, loved ones, people who die on both sides, because I mean... Still human life. That's why war is just so tragic, man. Because, I mean, people die. It's just the reality of war. War isn't meant to preserve lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, prayers out to them. Um, I know we got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to keep this quick. Um, I guess the weekly, the weekly uh, thought at the beginning would just be, uh, don't forget God when you got what you prayed for. Um, again... Like I know we said at the beginning, we hopefully everyone's been doing it or people who felt so inclined to do it by keeping a prayer journal and then keeping a prayer answer journal. 
um, don't forget to give God thanks for all the many blessings that you that you got, and give God thanks regardless because you probably are being blessed in ways that you can't even quantify or know, and God's protecting you in ways that you don't know. But yeah, don't forget to give God thanks in everything. Pray without ceasing. Give God thanks continually. So yeah, anything you got? Yeah, one thing I want to say is this is a controversial topic. And just <laughs> addressing the elephant in the room, very controversial talk, topic. Most Protestant churches do not um, follow the seventh day Sabbath, and so I just want to I just want to say upfront, everything is said out of love. The, I, I'm not head up. We're not trying to argue. You understand what I'm saying? We searched, we studied the Bible, and we're merely showing you our findings within the Bible. You know, and and that's why I started off by saying like this is a tool because truthfully, we're not saying that we study the Sabbath, we we observe the Sabbath because we want to wage war with those who don't observe the Sabbath. We're also not saying that people who do not observe the Sabbath or observe the Sabbath are guaranteed heaven or hell. You understand what I'm saying? We're not talking about salvation. We're merely talking about thus saith the Lord, and so that is our objective. We're talking um, with um with this topic. We're trying to say, what does the Lord say, opposed to what is common theology in the world? You know, what is a common path or tradition in the world? Does it align with the Bible? That's that's the objective for this episode. And yeah, I mean, even piggyback off of that point, the reason why we even started to choose, started to choose, the reason why we went with the Sabbath first, uh, instead of like our other, I guess, less controversial topics like faith and um. I know faith is just a big one, so I'm just to stick with that one for right now. The reason mm-hmm. why we went with the Sabbath is because one, it is slightly controversial, and two, it's still a very important message to get out there, um, and it's still something that's just it's it's definitely worth being talked about, especially in today's time where a lot of people disregard it or don't think it's important anymore. And we're gonna get into some of these like arguments and stuff. So it's 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 a crucial topic that needs to be had, and so that's why we're starting out with it. So, yep. yeah, man, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you kick it off. All right. So, and then we're just gonna be playing off each other and just going for it. All right. So, what? The first question is, what is the Sabbath? So, Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to rest or desist. And so, when we think of Sabbath, the first place mentioned in the Bible is Genesis two, verse two through three, which reads in the NIV, "By the seventh day." God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he Shabbat, as it says in the Hebrew, in English, it says rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So to to answer the first question, the Sabbath is a day of the week or a time of the week. It is the seventh day of the week. And from the creation story, before there was sin, before there was, um, well, there was Adam and Eve. They had only been, Adam, I think, had only been around for a day at that point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, God rested from his work. So he took the time to say, it is good to rest. You know, it, it, 
working is something that we are made to do. We are made to find things to do with our hands. Mm-hmm. However, it is a very important to rest. But one thing that's very essential to the whole Bible narrative and to this uh, um, topic is that the Lord blessed this day. So regardless of our beliefs of following whatever, this is a blessed day, period. The, the second chapter in the Bible says that the Lord blessed this day. So no matter what your personal views are on the Sabbath, on the seventh day, this is a day that the Lord blessed since the beginning of creation. Indeed. Like, and I, I like the King James version a little bit better when it says sanctified. The day mm-hmm. was sanctified because sanctified means it was made holy. It was set apart from the other days. It was consecrated. It was made legitimate. Like there was something specific about the seventh day that he did with this day. It wasn't like, yeah, like I said, I just, I just like the word sanctify a little bit more because it adds a little bit more gravity to what was really happening with this day. It was really a special, holy, consecrated day set apart to the Lord. Bro, bro you know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. It's, it's important for us to make a note that this is one of few episodes of Sabbath because I just got a thought just now about that when you said holy, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine this, there's no sin, right? There's mm-hmm. no sin, but one day is holier than the other or mm-hmm. basically one day is holy and the rest days are just regular days, but mm-hmm. there's no sin. You understand what I'm saying? Like there's no sin, but God made a distinction of something being holy. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about the commandments, but one thing that is consistent with the Sabbath is holiness. Indeed. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so I like, so as you read, and, and this is my, this is my um, challenge to the, to the listeners out there. As you read the Bible, every time you, you come across Sabbath, just, just, especially in the early parts, just keep in mind, holy to, to give you perspective on what this day is all about. And again, too, I mean, I know I usually say this in different episodes, but again, we encourage dialogue. We encourage emails. We encourage comments. Leave us a comment if obviously you're listening on YouTube. And if you're not listening on YouTube, if you're listening to one of our many streaming platforms, you could always come to YouTube, hit the like or dislike button, you know, whatever one you're feeling that you <laughs> need to do and leave a comment. Like, and if you disagree with anything we say or have a different perspective on it, like, trust me, we like to know because we like to see what other perspectives are there. And we also like to, I mean, we, we respond back. I mean, I sure Twig Man can, <laughs> Twig Man can testify to that. But right. definitely like, so again, so as we go through this and things don't resonate with you or things do resonate with you, but in a different way, let us know, let us know. And like cause like, like the cause say, we, we plan on doing like probably two or three more episodes in the South, but however much the Holy Spirit allows, or, you know, give us inspiration to do, but. Okay, again, your point, my bad. <laughs> All right, now, cool. So, okay, so now um, I think the most popular um, occurrence of the Sabbath or establishment of, of the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I think you, you could, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about the Ten Commandments. All right, so in the Ten Commandments. So this is found in Exodus 20 specifically. So if you go to Exodus 20, sorry, I'm in Exodus 31. First, yes, Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. I'm going to come back here. So it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. And the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any other work 
thou nor thy son nor thy daughter nor thy mind servant nor thy maid servant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that has been thy gates for six days the lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day wherefore the lord sanctified it the sabbath day and hallowed it so now <coughs> several things that God are just pointing out in genesis we see that this is first of all different things with the same with, with with this particular commandment one god said remember Mm. This is the only commandment that says remember. And if you you can't remember something you didn't already know. So in and of itself it is showing that this especially this particular commandment they knew. And as Kaz pointed out in the first day of the week when God set up the creation as this commandment even harkens back to where it says the Lord made the heaven and the earth in 6 days and man and all of them that are in it. He's saying, "Guess what? Remember this because you guys were were taught this before. This is common knowledge to you guys. Even if you're not keeping it, you guys know this. So now and then, something else special about it. It's it's also point pointing to how like God's identifying marking his shows. Like remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, but it says the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. So it's saying like, this is the Lord thy God is showing his name, um, and it's showing." and it's a sign of man's allegiance to God as long as they are open on the earth they should post the server the fourth commandment is the only one attend is found both the name and the title of the law giver it shows the it shows the authority of the law is given thus contains the seal affixed to the law uh, as evidence of if it's authentically binding force so now again so now if we keep on going to exodus right we go to exodus 30 verse um 31 verse 12 to 13 this is where i was originally when i open okay bing 31 12 13 so now we see he says the okay do i am i at the right one i have 13 right in front of me right now yes go for it say to the israelites you must observe my sabbaths this would be a sign between me and you for the generations to come so you may know that i am the lord who makes you holy thing and then the king james it says sanctify it again so now we're seeing that this is a and then uh, in verse verse 17 of 31 it also says it is a sign between me and the children oh even go starting from 16 and you, no if we keep on reading i'm going to just keep on reading you shall keep the sabbath therefore for it is holy unto you everyone that the fallest shall be pulled shall be put to death for whoever doeth work therein that soul shall be cut off from among his people six days may work be done but in the seventh is the sabbath of rest holy to the lord whosoever doeth any work on the sabbath day he shall be surely put to death wherefore the children of israel shall keep the sabbath to observe the sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant it is a sign between me and the children forever um so now we see in here that there's something even different about this sabbath day it's it's a perpetual covenant to last forever. And let and me ask you this. Go for it. Let me ask you this. Is this saying that the Sabbath was given only to the Israelites? See, and that's and that's an interesting argument here, right? Cuz it's saying it's this, the Sabbath is for the Jews. But now mm-hmm. again, here the Jews are just one set of people. Now we go back over to the New Testament. 
right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward. And one thing, again, we see like this, it, the Sabbath is a sign between God and his chosen people here, which mm-hmm. in this case was the Israelites, but God and his chosen people. So now if we hop over to the New Testament, right? One, we see in Mark 2, 27 through 28, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That's, that's Mark 2, 27, right? So we see the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So now we're seeing that the Sabbath was made for man, not Jews, not any particular denomination, man, mankind. And mm-hmm. we see now, if we go back to even creation, remember, I guess I remember when we did, I can't remember exactly which podcast number it is, but it was somewhere in Genesis. It was like before, like I think it was like around like, like episode 20, 19, someplace around there, right? We pointed out the first time the children of, well, Abraham, those referred to as the Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Hebrews before Jews, right? So now, but again, if we go back to Genesis, we see the Sabbath was around before even the Jews because mm-hmm. there were no Jews yet when God created the world. There weren't, it was just one race together. It was just mankind, the race of man, even yeah. up to after North, just the race of man. Um, so now we see the Sabbath was made for man, not just Jews. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And again, we see it was made for man because of the rest. Um, you can stop me if I go in too far. I know no, you got wh- some other wh- points. No, no, no. One thing I wanted to say though, right? So let's consider this. <laughs> on the second, on the on the seventh day of Earth's history, you know, people think that I'm, I'm not trying to laugh at this ideology, but I just, I just thought of this and it made me laugh. But you know, people think that the Earth has been around for millions of years, right? Millions, millions of years. So I'm a, I, I'm I'm of the belief that it's only been around for thousands of years, like between six and seven thousand years, just to be completely honest with you. But let's let's it, this this doesn't matter in my point. Mm-hmm. On the seventh day, on day seven of the Earth's lifetime, right? God decide to rest and bless this day. Mm-hmm. So now we go thousands of years later, not it's, it's like at least 1500 years later, right? Cause they had already gone from Adam to Noah, you know, the mm-hmm. flood from, from Noah to Joseph in Egypt and then 430, maybe 450 years around there. And now they're in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. God gives them in writing the Sabbath, but it says, remember every other, every other thing says, do not, or thou shalt not meaning present tense in your everyday life. Do not do this. Do not do this. Every time you're in, like, we're always in the present, obviously, but every time you should not do this. You should not do that. But this one is saying, remember that thing that I did on day seven of the, of the world. Yeah. Keep it holy. Remember that. And then guess what? This is important because somewhere between day seven of the world and when Moses was around, I'm sorry, I don't know if the year is correct. People forgot this thing. They forgot many things. And God had to remind them, I'm the one that created the earth. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And you are to observe the Sabbath. It's two things with that. With the, the, um, the fourth commandment, it, it, it is in place to remind you who God is and the power of God. The fourth commandment comes at the heel of God saying, don't create any other gods before me. No craven images, stuff like that. Don't use the Lord in the name of the Lord in vain. <clears throat> if we do not remember that God is the creator of the world, it, it allows space for people to believe in a big bang theory 
it allows space for people to um to worship idols and stuff like that because all you're saying is just worship this invisible god but we don't know the power of this god we don't know that he's the reason why we're here and so god saw it fit to put in his in his commandments this reminder of who he actually is so the sabbath is also a reminder of god as our creator and and that just ran across my mind as we were as we were talking about um the ten commandments I mean, that's a good point. And then what, again, like if I, I gotta tell you off, like it's just stuff that's going to come just as we in the flow. But what also came to my mind too, like what sets apart the 10 commandments, right? God wrote them on stone tablets with his own finger. And that's just what makes them so unique. And like a lot of people try to dismiss that fact and just lump them in with all the other laws. But no, the 10 commandments are, they are God's holy, infinite laws etched in stone etched in stone with the finger of god and i know like again we didn't really we we have points around this fact, but we have points i really dispute like this fact directly and i actually was supposed to do this but um yeah the ten commandments are perpetual and yeah i i just gonna leave it at that right there okay so that that, that actually leads me to to one of my points mm-hmm. right um when was the Sabbath actually given as a command? Okay, so we all know that in Exodus 20, verse 8, and Deuteronomy 5, verse, I think, 12. Anyway, the Ten Commandment narrative, Deuteronomy 5, verse 12 to 14, right? Um, God gives us a direct command. Remember the Sabbath day, keep the Sabbath holy, etc. right? But was this the first time God made this command because let's think about it. <laughs> the people in Genesis was living scotch free. They didn't have no laws and commands. Right. And then all of a sudden, almost 2000 years later, God like, no, 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 no. I about to put some regulations on this. Why? And, it, uh, and is that, is that actually what happened? Some people say um, the 10 commandments are part of the mosaic laws. How could it be if God write this with his hand? Moses didn't make this law. And sometimes in certain parts of Leviticus, we ain't sure who talking, God or Moses. You understand what I'm saying? But God wrote this with his finger, mm-hmm. right? The, um, the Sabbath wasn't, a, um, and people also believe that the Sabbath was not kept all in Genesis. And so based on Bible, specifically Bible, we can't confirm or deny that. We know the Sabbath was invented in genesis but we don't know what the people was doing in genesis but we don't have proof that they wasn't keeping it in genesis and so uh, something i heard you say and our other friend dom shout out dom he he used to be on the pod from time to time he soon get him back back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the evidence of absence is is not the absence of evidence so that means if you if you notice that something is not here that does not mean that it does not exist or if you can't see that something is here, that does not mean that it's not here. For instance, I know that I have a brain, but I can't prove that. I've never seen this thing. You understand? And I might be the only person in the world who got like a computer chip. In my, no, let me don't start talking like that. But anyway, <laughs> I might be the only person like half cyborg or something like that. But that, but that's just ridiculous. I have a brain. I have blood in my veins, even though I can't see him right now. But anyway, we have evidence. What, what you going to say? I'm just going to like, I was going to say to that point too, again, it's the context in which these words are, are used in the Bible and in the passage. And this is, this is going to be for another point, but then here again, 
the law, when you see the law, and when people talk about the law, it's usually referring to three separate entities in the Bible, because you kind of touched on this as soon as I say this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the law just means the Ten Commandments. Yep. Sometimes the law means the Tanakh itself. Sometimes mm-hmm. the law means the Mosaic law. And no, so it again, means Torah, it means Torah itself. Torah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So again, we gotta understand what the context of the Bible or the context of the passage, which is really referring to, but I just wanted to say, I just wanted to point that out. I know, but that's important for this. So the point I'm saying is that we don't see God say, hey, this is the Ten Commandments, right? God did mention some things like don't murder and stuff like that after the flood. But check this out. Um, we didn't know thou shall not murder, yet Cain was punished for murdering. How could you be punished for something if you don't know that it's uh, a sin? Or if you don't know that it's a crime, if if we're saying that because God didn't give us the Ten Commandments in Genesis, that means the Ten Commandments did not exist. Then let me ask you this. Why did God punish Cain? Why didn't Cain give any pushback? Right. We have evidence of the Torah all through the book of Genesis. And this is so crazy to me. When I, when I was doing this research, this was just mind, mind boggling to me. If there is no law in Genesis, how was there sin? We know that sin mm-hmm. is a transgression of the law. First John three, verse four. But there mm-hmm. are countless times that the book of Genesis references sin. Genesis four, verse seven. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. This is God talking to Cain. Genesis 13, 13. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Genesis 39, verse nine. Um, my master had was, has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Then how could I do such a wicked thing and sin, sin. against God? So this is Joseph talking to Potiphar's wife, right? But we did not have thou should not commit adultery. We did not have thou should not sex or lust or stuff like that. But yet... <laughs> It's multiple people in the Bible, in, in the book of Genesis, that was aware of adultery. We have Abimelech. Remember, Abimelech was trying to take um, Isaac's wife and Abraham's wife in, in two different instances. Mm-hmm. And, God, and God had to come to him, come for him. One time in particular, he was like, yo, I have done nothing wrong, God. What do you mean wrong? How do you know what is right or wrong if there's mm-hmm. no law? Right. Um, and this one really tripped me out, bro. Genesis 7, verse 8. You remember Noah and the ark, right? Remember two by two? Some people feel like it was only two by two, period. But the unclean came in two by two. By two. But the clean came in by sevens, right? What do you mean clean and unclean? If in Leviticus, hundreds of years later, God broke down what is clean and what is unclean, how could Noah have known what is clean and unclean if there was no law? Man, like such amazing points, right? And when, while you were saying that, what came to my mind, again, this isn't from a previous podcast episode, right? But it's just the historical context of things in that time. We knew that God was in the garden, walked in the garden in the cool of the day and was actually communing with Adam and Eve. See, these are instances in the Bible, people, things people forget. Let me get to my original point, right? So he was, God was there teaching them about the creation, teaching them about his word, teaching them about his laws and stuff. But remember in the, in, in the flood story, what I said just from a historical perspective, after the flood was when mankind actually started to write. Mm-hmm. So before then, there was no 
written record of things that were happening before the flood. And even if there was, they probably just got swept away. But there was really no written record before that time because why people weren't really needing to write. They had immaculate brains. They knew what was right and wrong. They were taught these things. They, again, they knew they knew these things. Like you could say, Cain knew murdering was wrong. Mm-hmm. And to your point, when he killed Abel, there was no pushback because he knew he had committed a sin. <laughs> Adam and Eve knew Cain's sin and they knew this why he had to get punished away. So it's like these these things were just these things were already understood to the people who were living. Adam and Eve taught these to the rest of Seth and the rest of the children and the rest of the generations that were there. Methuselah was studying God, not Methuselah, Enoch was studying God's word so much so that he walked with God until he was no more. Just got so stepped away. Go for so it. So how you think about it, bro? If there's no data to support what God is like, what God expects of us, how could you walk with God? <laughs> how could you, bro? Exactly. See, and if we just go Bible, just page 100% Bible, we would have to, this this would have to imply that God was communicating with his people. 100%. Who just wakes up? No, God never talked to you. No time in life. And you just get everything right. We born in sin. We born in sin. But when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, they had knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Wow. They had knowledge of this. That's crazy, right? So my thing is, bro, how could people, uh, and, and I'm sorry, uh, did you finish your point? Go, go, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. How could we, how could we, how could we just assume that these people just had no clue of the law? And if this does not drive it home for you, this is post flood, right? Genesis 26, verse four and five from the KJV. This is God talking to Isaac. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Why? This is Nikar saying why, but this is the answer. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, mm-hmm. my statutes, my statutes and laws. The, the word in the Hebrew for law is Torah. The word used right there is Torah. So he kept my Torah. But I'm like, hold on. How you can keep my Torah before the Torah? <laughs> you know, like people, you remember when, like how Jordans just come out every week, right? Mm-hmm. That's like me walking around with this new pair of Jordans. And you're looking at me like, bro, how you get these? These ain't even come out yet. These don't come out for another year. Mm-hmm. Are we to believe that Abraham just had the, the cheat code just before God even invent this law? He give it to Abraham first. Let me test it out on you. See what you can do. I do not believe that because we have evidence of Cain and Abel, <laughs> the very first children in the Bible. We have evidence of them perform- atoning for their sins, giving sacrifices, giving sacrifices. Later in Torah, we realize what these things are for. So my thing is the Bible is a circular book because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever in the New Testament. We know that in the beginning was the word, right? And mm-hmm. the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus. We know by from Genesis 3, verse 15, he will put enmity. God cursed the, the serpent saying, I will put enmity between um, the woman, and you and the, and the woman's offspring. What does this mean? Bro, you can literally Google this. Genesis 3, verse 15, meaning this is a prophecy that Jesus will come to, uh, to save all of our sins. The plan mm-hmm. of redemption was around from, the, uh, from Adam and Eve's sin. And because of that, everybody already knew that the Messiah was to come. They already know he was coming to do what? Die for our sins. sins. What is our sins? 
So my thing is, we don't have evidence of, of uh, in Genesis, it's saying, God say, thou shall not do this, thou shall not do that. We do have evidence of people getting it right. And we have evidence of people getting it wrong and getting punished for getting it wrong. And we have people who get blessed for getting it right. See, um, Genesis 26, 4 verse 5, what I just read about Abraham keeping God's commandments. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Commandments, Abraham? <laughs> Oh boy, but you spitting right now. You are spitting. That little poetry side, you're starting to come up. My boy is <laughs> preaching, getting ready for his sermon. For real. <laughs> Amen to that. So I don't even know why I won't go with this after this, right? But now, okay, so now we're seeing, like Kazi just pointed out, the whole sin argument. But now people, I'm going to just start going through a couple of things that people say, right? Common misconceptions. Again, people say, but again, this was just for the Jews. But now we go to Galatians. We see that we are not, we see that Gentiles can become or became Jews and how the gift was for all. So do I have that up ready? So yeah, um, in, in, in uh, Gen- Galatians 11, 11, right? Again, I asked, did I stumble? Did they, did they stumble as so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will the full inclusion bring? I'm talking to you Gentiles. And as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry and hope that some, yeah, these are long verses, but I just want to pick up the <laughs> picture in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For, in, for if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what would their acceptance be but life from dead? If the part of the dough offered as first, first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off and you go a wild olive shoot of being grafted among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do you consider yourself to be superior to, uh, to those other branches? If you do consider this, you do not support, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You, you will say then branches were broken off so that I could be grafted on. Granted, they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. So again, here we've seen how the Gentiles were grafted onto the tree and were able to get the blessings that the tree provided. And the Gentiles here were the ones branching onto the ministry of Christ and be actually being saved through their faith in Jesus Christ, right? But so now we see, so now the Gentiles essentially became Jews. So now we see like now this Sabbath starts applying to all those who have their faith, right? <laughs> but then one big thing that people always start to say, right? I know I jump around in my argument, so pardon me. But when people say like, if, 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 if we have this faith, because I know this is a common argument, faith makes the law irrelevant. Mm. And I know that's a big argument of cross many denominations across many people in the Bible, they say your faith makes the law irrelevant. I'm Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that one cannot boast. So if we are God's handy, we're created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we see in here, you say like, we are created in Christ Jesus to do the good works. So, now, I'm not saying that no one can work their way into heaven. 
But that is still not saying that the law is made irrelevant. That is still not saying that your because your faith, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people miss that part of the argument too. Faith without works is dead. So if you have faith in something, you have to show your faith. And how do you start to show your faith if not by keeping the law? But yo, mm-hmm. the law is restrictive. The law is burdensome. The law is so hard. So we go to James uh, 1, 22 and 25. 22 for verses 22 to 25 do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says so we say don't just listen to the word do what it says <laughs> anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at him face goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like i, I just i just like how the bible is painted sometimes it's just so clearly but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom Wow, the law gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but by doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So how is the law giving us freedom? How is it? Because it seems so restrictive. How is the law giving us freedom? Because this is the law, like it's now we've seen, uh, James is saying this law actually gives us freedom and not burdensome. So now where is this guilt and burden coming from? Like then what is our burden? So we see, like Kazi already pointed this out in this early argument, but I'm going to use a different verse. Um, Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness? And some other version says the chains of injustice to undo every heavy burden and to not let the oppressed go free that I may break every yoke. We see here his bonds of wickedness, which is his transgressions. And so, as Kazi pointed out so eloquently before, what are transgressions? Transgressions are sin. Mm. So, it is through our sin that the law becomes burdensome. But we see in the Bible, the law actually brings us liberty. We see, and this is why we see Christ tell us, tell him to bring us his yoke. So now again, and, and this, is so, this is what's so beautiful in this to me right now. And I didn't even think about this before at times. So now we see in Matthew, Matthew 11, 29, verse 30, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from mm-hmm. me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and I, and you will find rest in your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So now we see Christ is saying, give me your sins. I already died for you, but I'm going to die for you at this point. Take my burden upon you because my burden is easy. My burden is light. Give me your yoke and take my yoke instead. Um, and we see Lamentations where, was, where, where uh, the prophet was just talking about like how his sins has, has been bound into a yoke. So now we're seeing your sin is, your transgressions are sins, but we should take Christ's yoke. The law gives us liberty. It's not restrictive. And we see, again, the particular law we're talking about here is the Sabbath. Like how is resting on the Sabbath inherently restrictive? God is telling us he wants us to be set apart, be different. The Sabbath is ready, his seal. The Sabbath is his, his covenant, his perpetual covenant to last throughout all the ages. It's, it's not restrictive. Um, you have a point? You have, you have anything you want to so, add? I yeah, guess I saw so, you. No, you inspired me a little bit with, this, with the faith conversation, right? Oh, and this just off the fly, bro. You can't work your way into heaven. You agree? I, I agree. Bro, I'll tell you something else. <laughs> you can't faith your way into heaven either, bro. Mm-hmm. Because faith without works is what? Dead. Dead, right? But guess what? Let's let's look at um, Hebrews 11, which talks about faith in action. Bro, this is so funny to me because, like, number one, it start off by telling us what faith is, right? Mm-hmm. And then it is directly linked to 
believing that God created earth. Mm-hmm. That's faith, right? Bro, oh man. <laughs> and then we know the fourth commandment goes into God creation, right? We know God, mm-hmm. fourth commandment being the Sabbath. Um, and then we know the Sabbath was created with creation. That was a part of God's creation. It's all circular. Faith, right? Now, faith is confidence. And this is the NIV. We all know it's the substance of things so far, but I'm going to just read NIV. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible, right? It's faith that, that know that God is the creator, right? But then guess what? By faith, Abel brought it is mm-hmm. a by faith able, faced a better <laughs> opposite a better offering than Cain. So this bro, this this go on to say it was by faith that this person worked. Right? It is by faith Enoch was taken from his life so that he did not experience that. Um by faith, Noah, when warned about these things, not seen in the holy and um seen had not seen in holy fail, built an ark by faith. Um, Abraham was called to go to a place. So basically, faith and works, married. That's a package deal, right? We can't have one without the other, and that's far. So if if your thing is, bro, it's by faith in Christ Jesus that we don't have to we don't have to do anymore. That is false because faith without works is dead. And then there's 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 literally a lot of I can't give you a number, but there's a lot of text in the Bible from Jesus, from his disciples that are saying to keep the commandments or portions of the commandments. The New Testament is full with that. And so to those thinking, bro, it's just Jesus, bro. We just got to have faith and that's it. That's wrong. Faith without works is dead. This is Bible we talking about. The Bible literally talks about doing, 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 you know? And here's Paul, the guy who was the champion of the faith argument, right? right? Romans... This is Romans 3. And I can say other parts from Romans. You know, people know I like my Romans. But anyway, Romans 3, 31. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. We still uphold the law. And if I go up reading, because I, I, I'm a person not one who likes to like just read one verse half of the time. But if I go up to 27, where then is this boasting? It is excluded because of what? The law? The law requires works. No, because the law requires faith. When we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law? Or is it God, the God only of the Jews? Is he not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, of the Gentiles too, since there's only one God who will justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcised to, that's, to that same faith. So then do we then nullify the, the law by this faith? No, not at all. We, we still uphold the law. So we're saying that he's saying still, you, know, you have your faith, but you still got to uphold the law. Um, you could go for the next so, argument. So you're basically telling me that the law is not nullified through faith. The law is not nullified through faith. All right, right. So <clears throat> we know when the law was made, right? But we do know that the l- people following the law predates <coughs> Exodus. So Abraham followed the commandments. This is in writing. This is in the Bible, right? We know the that's what that's the patriarchs for, um, following the commandments. We know the Jews, uh, Moses, everybody else throughout the Tanakh followed it but now new testament did jesus follow the ten commandments you understand what i'm saying he obviously did he spoke many times about the ten commandments he broke down the commandments into two commandments at one point in time that says love the lord your god with all your heart 
love your neighbor as yourself. And so it is often confused that literally these are the only things you have to do when at a very high level, yes, this is the two, this is the only things you have to do. But what does that mean? The following verse says that on these two commands hang all of the law. And so Jesus kept, um, Jesus kept the law, but he also kept the Sabbath. Um, Jesus went into the synagogue to preach on the Sabbath, Mark 6, verse 2, Luke 4, 16. Jesus heals on the Sabbath, Luke 6, verse 6. Jesus preaches and heals on the Sabbath, Luke mm -hmm. 13, verse 10. Matthew 12, verse 12, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And because of that, um, this is important because Jesus came to basically uproot tradition. What you mentioned earlier uh, is that the Jews had so much tradition on top of the things of the Sabbath. Bang. Jesus come throughout the gate doing what he was doing from the beginning of time. John 5, verse 16 to 17. Jesus answered, my father worketh hitherto and I work. Meaning, my father works on the Sabbath and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he did not only, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said God was his father, making him equal with God. So let's think about it. From the first time God rested on the Sabbath, that was before humans, that was before sin. But ever since then, God got to work every day. God got to answer our prayers. When we get up <coughs> on Sabbath, we go to church, we do whatever. God protecting us. God protecting us from the evils, from the devil who's like a roaring lion trying to devour us every day. God works. But he does good work. And so, <clears throat> when you understand that, you realize that the Pharisees were accusing Jesus of doing something, of breaking their version of the Sabbath, basically. That was their version. That was their rules. But Jesus is basically saying, bro, me and God, we've been doing this every Sabbath. You understand? This is how you, this is how you keep the Sabbath, by doing good on the Sabbath. You know? And so, also, you know, Jesus said that he's Lord of the Sabbath. So I'm mm -hmm. like, bro, why is he, why are you Lord of something that, you want people not to do anymore. You know, I feel like that would have been even more to a perfect time to say, Hey, I am here to dismantle the Sabbath. But the fact of the matter is Jesus while on earth, he quoted the Torah. He followed the laws and he promoted the law, the commandments specifically. Exactly. I mean, if you go from it, like uh, Matthew 5, 17 to 19, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside even one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be the least in the kingdom of heaven. Whatever practice and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But this was, this was after Jesus died or before he died? This is before. So you're telling me before Jesus died, he was, he was saying that. So, okay, before Jesus died, we know it. Literally, the Sabbath was still in place. So to the argument of people saying that the Sabbath was done away with after Jesus is dead, right? We're saying that when Jesus was a grown man, right? Within the three years of his ministry, he said that no one should um, set aside not even one of these commands. At the time, and all 10 commands were very valid. 
So what I'm saying is before Jesus died, the Sabbath was 100% followed and in place, right? So all 10 commands were in place. And during that time, Jesus referenced the 10 commandments and said that anyone who sets aside one of these commands and teaches accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom. So you're saying that God discouraged people from breaking or, um, or omitting even one of the commands while he was alive? And so that's the thing, bro. While, mm-hmm. while, while God was alive, he championed all 10 commandments. And he said, if you, if you encourage people to break even the least of these commandments, you will be seen as the least in heaven. So basically, when we're in heaven and we think about people, we can look at you as the lowest of the lowest in heaven. You understand? And another text that I find helpful is John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is, how, this is how you show love. Bro, we say it all the time, bro. If you don't know my boundaries, bro, how you could, how you could respect my boundaries, bro? How you could show me love if you don't know that I don't like people blasting music loud in the morning, X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Or I don't like when this and that and the third. Bro, if you know these are things that hurt me, bro. I don't like when you call me a certain name, this and that and the third. If you don't know that, how you can show me love, bro? You could be stepping all over my turtles, hurting me the whole time, doing things that you don't want to do without even knowing. So that's where communication comes in. Jesus didn't leave us uncommunicated. He didn't say, hey, y'all figure it out, figure what I like and what I don't like. He tell us literally what he wants us to do or not to do. And then he shows us, if you love me, you would follow these, you would follow these commandments. So man, like, so much things you said there that were good. I just wanted to point out some other things right now. So again, we say that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Mm-hmm. just like he said, but so again, so what people also get misconstrued and I hear a lot is that, but when Jesus died, the law was done away with, and that was just faith. So when Jesus died, certain of the laws against the context here that matters, not the 10 commandments, but certain laws were done away with. That's absolutely correct. The ceremonial laws were done away with. That's why when Jesus died, there were certain things that symbolic that happened. The temple, the veil in the, the most holies of holies ripped because there was no longer need for a high priest to sacrifice on behalf of our sins because Jesus would now become the intercessor between us and God directly. So the ceremonial laws, is what we don't have to, that's why we today don't have to go out, farm our own sheep and sacrifice a lamb on an altar because those were the laws that were done away with. So again, it's like context that matters in the Bible, like what laws were done away with when Jesus died. People just try to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, guess what? All the like the the ritual and ceremonial laws were done away with. That's like the sacrifices and, and the and the festivals. But also, yeah, those ten commandments too. We gonna grab them access and throw them away too. But you gotta know, you gotta understand what was done away with and what was not done away with. Um, something else you said I want to piggyback off, but I I can just leave it there for right now. Uh, one one other point I had on that mm-hmm. James two verse ten. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles <coughs> at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it Bing. so my thing is this is the law bro the 10 commandments i'm not bro, i'm not here to we're not here to, to tell you whether you should get tattoos or not whether you should eat pork or any of that we're talking directly about the laws that god wrote with his finger that's the only thing i talk about right now you know and i don't even really I, to me to me to be to be honest i'm not passionate about any anything else in leviticus <laughs> for real for real i'm talking about the 10 commandments because this is important and it's referenced in the book of Revelation. It's referenced in end times, it's referenced in current times, and it's referenced in the times of the past. So, man, like, 
just so you say Revelation, I must just start there um, right now. But I have something else I was going to say. So Revelation 22, 14, blessed are those who do his commandments and they will have the rights to the tree of life and may enter through the gates in, into the city. So now again, here, like back to Kazi's point again, if these laws were done away with, why in the end, when Christ is coming back, he's saying blessed are those who kept his commandments. Because what are we keeping they're already done away with? Again, if it was just faith, what are we doing? Because mm. it's through our faith that we can keep his commandments. It is through our faith that we can keep, do the good works that he created us to do. And again, it, it, it all comes back full circle. And like we see what he said in Ephesians, what he created us to do. Because guess where the Sabbath was established again? In the right. beginning. Uh, in and, the and beginning. For, <laughs> for, con, for context, Revelation 22 is the last chapter in the Bible. And this was written after Jesus died. Yes. That's important to note. This was already, this was written during the, like the first century. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just even go for more for Revelations. We see in Revelations 12, 17, the dragon was enraged at the woman who went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep the commandments of God and held fast the testimony about Jesus. So we see in the end times, the dragon is waging war with those who can work who are currently keeping the commandments of God at that point. Because we talk in future tense, but people say we're living in the last times right now. You see, in the last times, the dragon is raging war, the devil himself, raging war against the people who are keeping God's commands. If we ain't, if we ain't doing nothing, who are we raging war against? So right. now again, here in Revelation 14, 12, here's the patient of the saints. Here mm. are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Mm. So again, we see the faith and the works are intertwined. Faith, and, faith without works is dead. It's, and here's what people miss. It's not that we're saying we have to work our way into heaven. That is not what we're saying by no means. Absolutely. Get like, don't, don't, please don't misconstrue that argument. We're not saying you can work your way into heaven, but we're saying through your faith, there are certain things you have to do through your. F- <laughs> Again, if you have love, that you, yeah, go, on, go, on. go for it. Like if you have love for your significant other, your partner, your wife, husband, for those who live in a, a, a you know, doing whatever, whatever you got to do, to significant <laughs> other. I, I felt myself getting into a slippery slope. Yeah, don't, don't fall down that slope, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get back up. But it's one thing to say, I love you. It's the next thing to show I love you. Now, I can show I love you. I can love you, but if I'm not showing it, how, how will the next person know I love them? Mm. I can have faith in Jesus Christ, but that's a, that's not mean I need to go there sinning. Certainly not. This means I need to show some things to show that I, that I, that I have this faith and I've accepted Christ as my Savior. You accept Christ as your Savior, you just can't be living the same way that you used to do. Because then, did you really have that faith and accept Him as your Savior? Because when you have that faith and you accept this gift of eternal life, there are certain things that should change. Go for it. Well, you know, obviously I'm married now, bro, but the thing about <laughs> it is, like, love is not easy, bro. Love is hard, bro. Bro, the Bible says love keeps no records of wrong. You know how hard that is for me? That is hard for me to do, bro. Keep no record of wrong? So you mean to tell me I love my cousin and he steal in my car and sell it? Mercy. And I can't even keep a record of that in my mind? Love keeps no records of wrong, bro. Like, love is patient. Love is kind. Bro, these things ain't easy for me, you know. <clears throat> my thing is, when I'm not being kind to someone, I ain't showing them love, bro. That's not a characteristic of love. So the point I'm trying to make is 
honestly, bro, love is not easy, bro. Like a lot of us feel like a lot of us feel like like just because we feel a certain way that we show in love or we practice in love, but that's not the case, bro. God describe how love what, what is the characteristics of love, bro. And it takes work, bro. The things that he, the things that he asking us to do, it takes work, bro. Love your neighbor, bro. Love your enemies. That bro, that bro, you can't just wake up and love your enemy, bro. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's something you gotta be intentional about, bro. Love is in, is something intentional. I kid you not. And so Jesus is saying, bro, if you love me, keep my commandments. What I believe, what I what I take that as to say is if you're not keeping my commandments, you do not love me. Now, the reason why I'm making this such a uh putting my emphasis on this is because bro you could feel like i show in love bro just because i ain't practicing it that don't mean i don't feel that way but it does it literally does god is saying bro if you love me keep my commandment i want to go back to revelation 14 right go for it <clears throat> so the third angel <clears throat> oh third angel fought uh 14 verse 9 the third angel followed them and said in a loud voice if anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has poured, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. Without mixture. <laughs> without mixture, bro. That's how I grew up. Straight, straight. You're getting this straight, bro. That's like for those who have, who have partaken in alcoholic beverages, you're drinking this straight, bro. No chaser, basically. God's wrath, bro. Straight. No chaser, bro. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I wanted to make a note of this. Obviously, this isn't an end time episode. We ain't talking about the mark of the beast or anything like that. But what I'm saying is everybody knows the mark of the beast is something that you do not want. And this text is saying that um, those who follow the beast and worship the beast and its image will take the will take the mark. And so here, here it is. They talk about this mark and the people who follow it. And then they turn around and talk about the saints. And that's what's interesting to me. Um, verse 10, they too will drink uh, the wine, uh, drink will drink the wine of God's fury. All right, my bad. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. They will there will be no rest. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image, or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This call. <laughs> for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. And so I just wanted to read that in a different way because other, the other translation says, um, here, um, in verse 12 says, here's the preservation of the saints who keeps the commandments. Other translation said, other translation said, this calls for endurance from this, from the saints who keeps God's commandments and their faith in Jesus. So the point I'm trying to make is those who keep in the commandments, bro, you have to be patient. You have to be strong in what you believe and you're going to have to endure. Now, obviously this isn't an end-time prophecy. Or this isn't an end-time prophecy episode, but we're trying to make the point that after Jesus comes, we a lot of most people have a general understanding of anti prophecy. We know it's going to be the mark of the, the mark of the beast. We know some some people, <coughs> excuse me. We know some people who have the beast going to be mad at the people who who have the seal of God. And the point of the matter is, the saints are described as those who keep God's commandments and have faith in Jesus. But this text also makes a contrast of those who are not keeping God's commandments, who will have the mark of the beast. So we have the people who have the mark of the beast. 
And then the people who don't, because they keep God's commandments and, and, and are faithful in Jesus. So my thing about it is there's so much debate on what the mark of the beast is. Bro, before we even get to that, bro, if you, you, you I feel like in verse 12, you find peace in knowing that if you keep God's commandments and have faith in Jesus, bro, you will not receive the mark of the beast. And so with that being said, if anyone keeps the commandments but breaks one, you're guilty of breaking all. Right? I ain't here to say if the Sabbath is the mark of the beast. But what I'm here to say is, bro, keep on telling the commandments, bro, because in Revelation 14, Revelation 12, Revelation 22, they keep talking about these commandments. It's the same commandments they were talking about in Genesis with Abraham kept, the same commandments that Moses and, and all of the Jews kept, the same commandments that Jesus preached over and over and over, the same commandments that the apostles kept and, and, and advocated for. These are the same commandments because God is the same. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, we, we, we focus on the sub, but as you can guys see, we're like, we're, we're, we're essentially talking about the whole Ten Commandments here. Like, again, we ain't saying none greater than the next. We're just saying that a lot of people disregard the Sabbath because they specifically say like, this one's not valid anymore, but then you still feel like the other nine are valid. Why? And so that's really what we're starting to see. Um, First John 2 verse 4, he he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments as a lie and the truth is not with it, is not with, mm. is not within him. John 15, 9 through 10, as my father loved me, he also loved you. Abide in me in love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abided in his love. You see, even when Jesus was on earth, he actually kept the full 10 commandments. He rested on the Sabbath and uh, even in this crucifixion, I know we didn't really bring that up, but even through his crucifixion, we can see how the Sabbath is there. Like if you believe in Good Friday and you believe in Resurrection Sunday, guess what was right in between them? The Sabbath. Um, we see that's why they had to rush and take Jesus' body down because the Sabbath was drawing nigh. Right, it was preparation day. Because uh, remember, that's even why the Mary those were going to the tomb on Sunday to finish repairing mm. his body because they couldn't really do it on Friday because it was the Sabbath. Right. Um, and so, and, and, and next thing I want to point out, because I know we already get into that limit, but we still got some more things to go. But then through all this, people got Earl and the Cars, a breath of fresh air podcast. What, what, like, what is the purpose of the law then? If like, what's the purpose of the law? Um, so we go to Romans seven and there's a couple other places in the Bible that point this out, right? But if the law if, 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 if because of our sin, the law becomes a burden, is the law useless? Um, we see in Romans 7, verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. And that's, mm. and then we see in verse 12, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. This mm. Paul where well, a lot of people used to bash keeping the commandments. We see Paul in Romans several times say the law is the law is not done away with. Through your faith, you need to uphold the law. What was the purpose of the law? Without the law, we wouldn't know what sin is. Hmm. We wouldn't we wouldn't know what we're doing is wrong. We wouldn't have that measuring stick. The law is that measuring stick to show us how far we are falling from God. It does have that purpose. And we see then he still goes on to say, the law is still holy. 
He never disregarded the law. And a lot of people try to use Paul to disregard the law. He never disregarded the law. The law is still holy. And the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. The same thing that a lot of people keep on saying is a burden. We see in James, it says it's a liberating law. We see in here, Paul, after Jesus has died, mind you, after everything else, is still saying, guess what? This, this law, guess what? It's still holy. So, so if when Jesus had died, the commandments were done away with, why would Paul still be saying here, yeah, guess what? The commandment is still holy and righteous and good. Hmm. So, I mean, I just want to point that out. Like if, if <laughs> through our sin, <laughs> I, if you go read down further down in, in, in Romans, you see through our sin, we become a slave to sinful law and sinful issue. We become a slave to our flesh and not God's law. But our hope, our hope is to, become aware of what God's law is and just to use as a measuring stick and through our faith and through our love in Jesus Christ and through our beliefs, then we can start be making us, making us holy and perfect in him. And we see in this in Romans two, where Paul say, yo, I know what the law is. I want to do it, but through my flesh, I find myself doing the things that I, I, I find myself doing the things I know I shouldn't do. Mm. And I find myself not doing the things I know I should do. And again, it's easy to be, deceived and misconstrued, but so much people, and here's the thing with the Sabbath. And when we talked about covenant, it's the same thing with the covenant is certain laws in the 10 commandments that are easy to disregard. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it was so powerful in Matthew when he say, not, not even the least of these commandments should you disregard, not even the least of these, not the ones that you can hide away in your heart, not the ones that you can go on doing because it's so easy and convenient because I mean, again, we didn't even really touch on this one. That's what we have to do a Sabbath part two is to talk about why a lot of people keep the Lord's day and not Sabbath, mm. not Shabbat. Mm -hmm. This right. is a difference. This that's why. That's, that's why when we when um, we start, if we, if we start we, going on to that today, you talking? Yeah, you can't hear me. I can't hear you just now. Oh my God! I was saying that's why when we start, I was like, bro, we have to do a couple episodes, bro, because like we didn't even get to the meat and potatoes. Uh -huh. for it. Should I say it? But, Exactly. So I, again, so now, and, 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 and so it's, it's, it's just laws like this where people saying, oh, guess what? The law has been done away with, but then you think it's wrong to lie. You think it's wrong to kill. You think it's wrong to commit adultery. You think it's wrong to have idols. You think it's wrong to take the law in the name of being. You think it's wrong to do all these other ones. You, you'll be quick to say, honor your father and your mother's few days could be long on the earth, but you ain't quick to say, you remember to stop there to keep it holy. Why? Because it's... It we, we thinking like when a lot of people, when they look at the law, they look at it from the golden rule perspective, like love thy neighbor as they self. They, they don't think about God. They just think about love thy neighbor. You understand? So if, if you, you can't rationalize dishonoring your, your, your parents because you could be a parent one day. You don't want that happen to you. You don't want no one covered you. To, to you, you don't want no one commit adultery on you. You understand what I say? All of these things you can rationalize because you know how it feels when you get affected by these things. However, worshiping idols, you don't know how that feel, you know? So that's why some people see it okay to do that, you know? Everyone can agree thou shall not murder, bro. Even the people who's murder, bro, they know they're doing the wrong thing, bro. Ain't nobody have to be convinced, convinced that, that that's wrong. It was so powerful. Even the people who don't believe in God know it's wrong to murder. Right. Because you understand. Exactly. And people, and here's the thing again. So, I mean, like it comes a point when we really got to start, like start thinking like, okay, what really starts to set us apart as Christians in not only what we believe in, what we do. Mm. Because even remember at the front, even when the, even when God first selected, you know, gave Abraham the covenant and all the Jews and was the children of Israel, 
He wanted them to be a peculiar people. That's just not, it was not just him. Their actions were supposed to be different. How does that apply to us today? And just keeping it on the Sabbath, bro. God actually said that. Um, so I can read it all, but Ezekiel 5 through 12, that's very interesting to note because mm-hmm. you will realize that um, some of the commandments were not at Mount Sinai, bro. Like God came to the Israelites in Egypt while they were still <coughs> slaves. God was like, yo, put away these gods, put away these false gods because of see. And, and, and oh, I can't even get in it. We don't got time. But anyway, Ezekiel 5 verse 12. Also, I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between us. So they would know that I, the Lord made them holy. However, I feel like you should read verse 11 to get a little bit of context. I gave them my decrees. Um, and made known to them my laws. This was God talking to the Israelites while they were, um, they were, I think they were just, they had just left Egypt. Yeah, I gave them, and he, so he's basically talking about Exodus 20. So I gave them my decrees and made known to them my laws by which the person who obeys them will live. So he's saying, I made known to them my laws. No, I didn't create laws for them. I didn't give them laws. I made known to them my laws because these laws has, bro, from since Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, bro, God already knew everything that is good and everything that is not good. And he had already communicated what is good and what is not good. But what we don't have is where God actually communicated this. But we do have where the people in Genesis followed this. We have where the Jews followed this. We have where Jesus followed this. We have after Jesus where the Gentile followed this. And we have where the people in the end times will need to follow this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of the Sabbath specifically among this, what is the purpose of the Sabbath? And I feel like that's a, a, a kind of nice way to kind of like start the line, the plan. What does mm-hmm. the Sabbath do, bro? God said he gave them, he gave them the Sabbath as a sign for us that they would know that the, that, that I, the Lord made them holy. God, God basically trying to say, bro, don't forget me, bro. Don't forget me, dog. Like all of these things I doing for you, all of these blessings, and the reason why we here, remember me, dog. I'm the person who created all of this. But it's so easy for us to forget God when we don't observe the Sabbath. We do, when we don't observe the Sabbath, we treat we the Sabbath. The the reason why people hound on on Israel receiving the Sabbath because Israel was the only nation in the world that was keeping our Sabbath. Every other nation, even the ones who feel like they so pious and they ain't because it was the, the Babylonians, they wasn't doubt, they wasn't murdering and stuff like that. That was a part of their law as well. But what keep what would make them separate, bro? We believe in the most high God. We get it right, bro. We the peculiar people because we reverence the person who make us opposed to the person opposed to our idol that we could create ourselves or some type of fictional character. We get it right. But the part but the sad part about it is. You know, it's a narrative in today's day that we don't have to observe the Sabbath. And so in doing so, we don't remember how magnif how the the um the magnificence of God, you know, and how he could he could uh, I don't know if you're gonna say something. I was gonna say something, but I mean I want you to finish your thought. I didn't wanna No, I was saying we don't we don't see like when you when you describe miracles to people, a lot of people claim to believe in miracles. When you put them to the test to have faith in God to, to perform a miracle, they don't really believe it happened. A lot of people, I, bro, I bro, I am coming in contact with a lot of people who believe that the Bible is just fully allegory or fully metaphor and it's not literal. You, you are not supposed to take any of this literal. And my thing is, bro, when we when we minimize God by having idols or when we minimize God by not showing 
God as the person who made all of us and this mighty power. It's easy for people to believe that these things ain't real or the power of God is not real. The Sabbath, God, God say, remember the Sabbath. Why? Because he do all of these things. God asking us to remember him, but God asks us to, to rest as a, to rest and keep this day holy to commemorate all of the work that he done and is continually Dang. doing in our life. Man, I mean, like you summed it up perfectly. And the Sabbath itself, from in creation, when we think about it, it was a commemorating event. It was a culminating event of God's creation. And like we said in our very first episode of this podcast, God didn't have to rest. He didn't. He wasn't tired. As God, he can't be tired. He rests from one. He sanctified it, blessed it, and made it holy to set it apart. He rests as an example for us because he knows, guess what? In six days of work and six days of laboring, you guys are going to need a day of rest. You guys are going to need a break. You guys are going to, and then also, you guys are going to need a day. It'll be good for you just to have a day just to reflect on my goodness and grace and, and graciousness. All the things I've brought you to, to this week, the blessings I've given you. The Sabbath is very important and very crucial. It's not something to just throw away, disregard. It's a seal between God and his people. It's a covenant to last throughout the ages, a perpetual covenant that doesn't end. And it's interesting. Out of all like out of the Ten Commandments, this one was so special. Again, the whole, all of them are special, but it was a covenant between him and his people in the commandments. This one, it was, it was a covenant in the covenant. Hmm. Remember this day and keep it holy. Remember, call back to, don't forget. Throughout your week, don't forget the Sabbath is coming up. And we see multiple things through the Bible where the Sabbath was supposed to be kept holy through the Israelites, through before Christ, after Christ. And we see the commandments themselves in the end they will be very particular. Here are the patients of the saint who kept the commandments and had faith in Jesus Christ. And again, we're not saying that you can work your way into heaven, but we are saying that when you experience a change, you should change. When you experience something and you have a change that you believe in Christ, you should also change. So the 10 commandments, contrary to popular belief, are not done away with. The Sabbath is a very important day that should be honored, sanctified, and holy because God did and because he created the covenant between us and them, us and him. And so, I mean, I just want to end with that. I mean, you could, you could have the last words if you do, but um, the Sabbath is just a holy day. It's a holy day and it should be honored, reserved, and reverenced. It shouldn't be taken lightly and it shouldn't be disregarded. So, yeah, we encourage, and that's the only part one. So I, I, just, want, I just want to say, if y'all... I just want to slow anybody down from, because, you know, this, like I said, this is an emotional conversation. Like some people get really upset when, you know, you speak against their core beliefs. You know, some people really believe um, in first day sanctification or worship, but I, I'm, I'm not sure on the terminology. And so my thing is we have much more talking points to say, reach out to us. And then, you know, this would be helpful to us because when we do our next episode, not sure when I'll be, we could tackle all of that as well. You, you understand? We're not, I'm not avoiding any topic. I'll, I'll, I'll just be completely frank with you. I am, um, I believe in God and I trust that the Bible answers the Bible. And what I do, what we do, does. what we do is rooted in the Bible. And so to my, my closing words that I want to say is, um, it's 10 commandments. And 
the one <laughs> is that you should not forget is the one that starts with remember. So the one that starts with remember is is the one that the world tries to make us forget, you know, and this is very intentional. You understand what I'm saying? And so <clears throat> if we want to if we want to follow God, if we want to listen to God, you know, that takes obedience and faith. And so definitely do not forget the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. At creation, the Sabbath became a holy day, sanctified by God. And today, Sabbath observance is the fourth of ten holy commandments handwritten by God on Mount Sinai. God is the creator of the universe, and the Sabbath is to be a weekly reminder of Him. So instead of carrying out our everyday tasks, on the seventh day, we detach and recognize this day as a holy day dedicated unto God. But join us next week as we continue the book of Samuel on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included dialogue from your host, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gate. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.